This is Ready or Not Prepares, the Disaster Preparedness Podcast, and I am your host, Michelle. First and foremost, I want to send prayers for those who are impacted by recent winter weather conditions, to those who are experiencing or did experience um, the ice storms, which have led to water shortages, to power outages, to lack of food. Um, This weather system is another one for the record books. And it's definitely created many disasters in its tracks. Um, I woke up this morning to make an assessment of the weather. And that's something that I usually do every morning in that, you know, I'm very focused on disaster preparedness. So I just kind of, you know, look around me and just, again, make an assessment of what's going on around me. Um, I did so today because as a part of my contingency plan, when I heard about the weather conditions, um, I made um, plans for myself outside of my home, just in case the electricity goes off or what have And um, after I made the assessment this morning, because now I have to pack up and you know, get ready to go back to my house to make sure everything is in place and make the assessments there. Um, The other thing I do and did this morning was I read the newspaper and then I checked social media. And uh, when I did that, that's when I saw what was trending. And what is trending is pretty much an emotional response to the disaster that, the recent disaster that has occurred um, due to the weather. Um, So, you know, now I'm seeing, you know, people crying and kind of going through the emotional aspect that comes once you survive a disaster. There is a mental health component because it's a very stressful situation. Um, This is something we teach in our training. And it's actually something that we, it is why we try so hard to give training for preparedness so that when you get to this stage, it won't be so emotional, as emotional or as severe. Nonetheless, I did, it, you know, while watching social media, I just kind of saw trending like people's reaction to it. And people are pretty, you know, upset because there aren't any emergency relief um, efforts, I guess, from their state on a state level um, that has kind of come in. And I, and I, and I say this over, over again in my podcast and in my training, do not expect that level of assistance to come right away. Um, I think in disaster preparedness for most communities, they it's there's a general rule you're gonna need to wait at least 72 hours for first responders in our community we say prepare yourself for 30 days um before you actually have first responders to come to your aid um but that's another podcast for another time um but because i saw what was trending 
and that it is so focused on disaster preparedness. I saw that the stage that most people are in now is what we call the response stage of disaster preparedness. And let me explain that um, for your information. There are four, sometimes you'll see five phases to disasters or of disasters. And I'm going to give you the four. They are one, mitigation, two, preparedness, three, response, and four, recovery. Um, so now I think most people are in the response stage. You've kind of, you know, seen the impact of the disaster. And now everybody is kind of responding to that. And the people who have gone through it are responding on an emotional level as well as to what to do next and what have you. So I won't belabor the point. I just want to give us some tips because what is most important now is getting those who are suffering to a point of recovery or getting them to the point of survival, right? To sustain their survival. And so a few tips that might help right now. Um, first, know this. There is something called a 3-3-3 rule. I actually, in my training, I call it the 3-3-3-3 rule or rules of survival. And they are this. You have, you're able to survive three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, three days without water, three weeks without food. So you got to keep that in the back of your head, that, that rule, the 3-3-3-3 three, 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 three rule. Again, you're three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, three days without water, three weeks without food. And that can kind of help you prioritize how you move after a disaster. Um, so knowing that information right now for those who have been impacted, there are seven priorities that now have to be put in place. Um, and these seven priorities for survival are oftentimes taught by like Boy Scouts and maybe Girl Scouts. Um, and they are this. I'm just going to get to it. Um, and that is the first thing is to stop. Or by that, I mean, calm down, kind of tamper your emotions if you can. Response and recovery to disasters, as I stated earlier, are very emotional phases, but you have to be rational to plan your next steps. Again, that's why we push preparedness so much because before the disaster, you can plan it out without a lot of emotions. But when you're in the disaster, like it's a very, understandably, it's a very emotional kind of situation to be in. So even with that, right now, you just gotta whew, breathe in, not panic you know, and just kind of tamper down those emotions so that we can start thinking on what to do for survival. Now, once you've calmed down enough to not panic, you need to assess your surroundings. So that's what they mean by stop. It's like, look around you, what's going on? You want to figure out what your resources are and what resources are around you. So by that, what are your what, what are your resources? Look in your house, look in your cabinets, look around you to see what your resources are. 
And then after that, you want to obtain information on what resources are around you. Right now, people are starting to form relief funds and relief measures. So if you can get that information, like what relief organizations are are deployed now and where they are, you know, where people telling you to go. If you can get that information, that's what you do at this first stage of priority. Again, relief organizations should be deploying now. Um, I've seen them on social media and in the newspaper. Um, and so if they're not there now due to conditions, they should be there in a few days. Um, as a part of this whole uh, assessment um, part or priority, you want to check on your neighbors. Be sure to check on the elderly, right? So especially your elderly neighbors. And then in checking on your neighbors, what you'll find, you can perhaps unite to find out who you can network with. Like in your neighborhood, there may be some who may have helpful skills to what's going on in the neighborhood. So you can unite with others in your neighborhood or community to make a plan for the community. You can put in place things like bartering, meaning you could go to your neighbor's house and you can find out what you might be able to offer that neighbor and what they can in return maybe offer you. For example, maybe you have a room full of blankets and maybe your neighbor doesn't, but then maybe your neighbor has, you know, some milk or some juice that you can drink, um, you know, for hydration. So you'll, I'll give you, you barter. I'll give you these blankets. I'll take your water, um, that kind of thing. And if you do that in your whole community, you might find that you have a stockpile and then, you know, a, as a matter of assistance to each other, um, you'll find yourselves in a, in a resilient state as you await, you know, um, first responders. So the second um, of the seven priorities is um, first aid. Um, is first aid needed? Um, and you again, you might want to see how the people in your neighborhood are doing, but definitely you want to see that in your own family and household. Um, is anybody frostbitten? And if they are, um, you want to now if if you have frostbite because I know it's very cold temperatures, you want to kind of make sure you get out of the cold as much as you can, or you want to layer, get layers to the affected area, and you want to gradually rewarm the frostbitten areas. Um, if you're at that stage that you can drink warm liquids, do so. Then you can assess how bad a frostbite it is and if you need medical attention. But right now, definitely just gradually rewarm the frostbitten area. Make sure you don't rub it because your skin's your skin is, you know, you have dead skin now. So you don't want to rub it. You want to be very gentle and um, what have you. You want to maybe place a, a washcloth with warm water on the affected area. Um, and just kind of leave it on there for about 30 minutes or so. And again, layer it. You want to kind of keep that area as warm as possible so the blood circulation can come back. Um, but if you have like a first degree frostbite, 
um, they say your skin should should heal pretty quickly. Um, but just expect as it thaws, it might, you know, definitely get red and you might start feeling sensations there, like painful, like like stinging, you know, those, like those prickling sensations, like pins and needles. But that's just the circulation in the blood getting back to that area. The third priority is to seek shelter. Um, and by that, I mean, if you're already in your house and your house has no electricity, now you want to kind of get yourself and your family in one room. You want to kind of co put cover the drafts in the room, put towels down or what have you, stay centralized in one, one area and just layer up and stay under layers. And if there's other people with you, huddle with those people and, you know, kind of get warmth that way. Um, if you're alone, then you want to just put as many layers on, like, you know, me, I'm good for a hoodie. I make sure I have my um, thermal underwear on, um, I, or sometimes I just have one of my t-shirts, but I, I'm, I love hoodies in the winter. So make sure you have your hoodies on and you're kind of layered and over the hoodie. I might have a coat and then I got a hat on my head and um, then, you know, you're layering, layering on your comforters and your blankets or your quilts and what have you. And, um, you want to do that and you want to kind of make sure you move a little so that your blood can keep circulating. Um, so by that, I mean shelter, but in addition to that, when I say prioritize for shelter, if there are any warming stations or uh, organizations or community centers, your, your your mosques or your churches, or even any residents that you know who have generators, make sure that they're offering assistance and then try to get to them. So when, in terms of trying to seek shelter, find out and get the information about the resources that are around you in terms of shelter that have better conditions that you have in your own home. But if not, you know, again, self-reliance, you want to make sure you layer. The fourth um, priority is to build a fire, like build a fire pit outside. Like, But make sure it's well-managed because, you know, I've been reading how people have reacted um, in this whole disaster. And unfortunately, you have people who haven't thought through thought through thoroughly disaster preparedness and what to do. And that's why ooh, this training is so important for our community. Um, I've heard of people, you know, lighting um, grills in their home and, you know, allowing that kind of combustion in their homes without the, the proper ventilation. It's just not the way to do it. You don't build fires in your home for certain. Um, I've heard of people going in a car for warmth and just kind of running the car. And the unfortunate case that many of us have probably heard of is going in the garage and, you know, warming the car. And I think there was a family, unfortunately, that um, died from carbon monoxide poisoning in doing that. So when I say build a fire pit, like you have to manage it and you have to be very cautious and conscious of what you're doing if you build a fire pit, but you definitely want to find some um, heat sources 
or sources of heat. So that if you are, you know, with the fire pit that is outdoors, you can kind of go around with your layers on around the fire pit. And that is a source, a source of heat. Like, of course, again, this should be done outside and it will bring some relief in the interim um, and, and at, at stages, right? So you can maybe go out, get that warmth, come back in and huddle, huddle up together or what have you. Again, you might do this um, in some central location with the community and make sure, you know, assign people to kind of man the, the fire pit and kind of keep it going or what have you. Um, these are just some thoughts on what to do in terms of the priorities. The uh, fifth thing is to signal for help. Um, and this isn't any disaster. So in this case, you definitely, by signaling for help, are getting out the information of what your community needs. Um, and if you can get it to first response responders, do so. Again, first responders, uh, don't necessarily respond right away to certain communities. So it's going to be about self-resilience and reliance. Um, but at any rate, signal for help. And again, when I say signal for help, that goes back into saying employ what your resources are. Find out what those resources are, who is helping, where can you go for help, or get information to people of what help you need. And again, if you gather together as a community, you can kind of figure out on a bigger level what your community needs and get that out to people. Um, the sixth is drink water. So remember I told you in the three, three, threes, it's air, shelter, and water, right? Because you can go three days without water. You can go three hours without shelter. So we're going down. Remember, I said, remember this three, 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 three rule because it's, it's, it's in the back of your mind. What is the most important thing? So at this point, um, water. So you now want to find your water source. Um, if you're at home, you can drink water from the water tank that's in your toilet. That water is pretty clean. So that water is just, you know, water that's been fed in. So you can start kind of getting some water from your toilet. Um, see if you can melt the water in your ice trays um, and try to get water that way. Um, you can gather snow or some of that frosted ice. You can gather it and kind of get it in a warmer place and let that melt and use that as a water source. Again, this is only in the interim. And this is in dire straits if you can't get water from somewhere in your community. Um, if you don't have that kind of water source of direct water, if you, you know, didn't like fill up your tub with water and some of the other things we teach in um, preparedness, then maybe now in this stage, you can go through your cabinets or your refrigerator and see if you have some foods or what have you that will provide you hydration. So those are things like if you have like milk or broth or soup, you can drink those in the interim as sources of hydration. Uh, if you still maybe have food in the refrigerator, 
refrigerator. Let me tell you, those foods that um, give you hydration are uh, foods like watermelon or strawberries, um, cantaloupe. See if you have any peaches, any oranges, milk. I said that before, cucumber, um, lettuce. Again, I think I said broths, zucchini, celery, tomatoes, grapefruits. All of these are like excellent sources of hydration and have like a pretty high water content. And again, in the three, 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 three rule, um, food is last. Remember that you could go three weeks without food. So if you can put all of those other things in place, um, now you can start looking for food uh, or sources of food. I mean, and so, um, again, I said I won't belabor the point. I did want to get this across. Ultimately, at this stage, you have to take one day at a time. Again, in most disasters for some communities, first responders take at least 72 hours to, to assist. Uh, many of our Emergency go bags are 72-hour go bags to try to get you to that point. But um, again, in, in, in my company's training, we tell our community to be a little bit more self-resilient um, and prepare for up to 30 days. So um, again, prayers for you. I hope some of these tips are helpful. You can get through this. You just have to kind of, again, think rationally in your planning on what to do next. Um, again, I think a lot of relief efforts are now being deployed and prayers again. Um, at some point, I definitely want to do a podcast to speak to what happens in our community when disasters strike. I want to speak to why we are the hardest hit in major disasters and why preparedness can help turn that around. Um, I mean, our community's response to disaster preparedness is one of the main reasons that I started the company Ready or Not Prepares. I also want to speak um, about Ted Cruz. I want to speak about uh, Tim, the Tim Boyd controversy, and that's the mayor of, um, I think it was Colorado, Texas. And I know he said some things about quit crying and looking for a handout and told people to get off their exclusive and um, take care of their families. Um, he said things like only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. Um, in his capacity, he probably shouldn't have said that. But as a level of preparedness, what he said is really not necessarily um, untrue. And that's why we really, really put this company in place to prepare. So I definitely in the future want to speak to that. Um, I'll probably do, once I get home, I'll probably do another podcast, you know, especially just kind of focusing on the Ted Cruz and the. Uh, Tim Boyd controversy. So again, that will be the next podcast.
And lastly, please remember, we are not here to scare you. We are here to prepare you. If you would, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Ready or Not Prepares. If you like our show and want to know more, be sure to visit our website at www.readyornotprepares.com or any of our social media platforms. We're at Ready or Not Prepares on IG, Ready or Not Prep on Facebook, and you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Ready or Not Prepares on Air. Peace.